Hello and welcome back. This is our Tales of Zadia one-shot. We are super enjoying it so far. We didn't get very far into it last time, but we introduced our characters and it was, ah, oh, it's, it's going to be so fun. I'm so excited to see where this is going. It's going to be so cool. So um, we will get started in just a minute. First, I do want to invite everyone to join us over on the the actual place server that is our home on Discord, where we like to hang out and chill with some of our cool podcast buddies and where our specialty channels are for patrons as well. If you are just listening to this one shot and you have not checked out Thornvale, I'd recommend you do that. It's a lot of fun. We really, really enjoy the show and it's, it's very long, so... You'll, you will have a, a good long time, a good long binge. With that, I think I'm going to go ahead and throw it back to Hannah. You want to uh, bring us back into this? Yeah, so they give a quick recap. Mostly we talked about rules and who the characters are last session. Uh, but we did start getting into the story and kind of got the hook, you know, for what's happening here. So we met our characters. We met... Kefira, Daraka, and Tolef, and they've kind of all converged here after the past few days of events. You know, events like this, like was mentioned last episode, have a tendency to bring people together. And they've discovered, or well, Tolef has enlightened <laughs> Kefira and Daraka that the Sunforge isn't just corrupted, it's set to almost cause this kind of like apocalyptic event for Zadia. So now that you guys kind of have the hook, I want to read you a little bit of the introduction from the book itself, because we are using mm. the tale of the corrupted core from the book. Mm. Uh, this is my first time using a module from a book. So this is a first for me as a GM. So bear with me, I'm getting used to this. <laughs> All right, so the introduction says, here we are in the lush green fields of Zadia. Soon, you'll enter the heart of the dangerous ruin of Luxaria, where a magical ticking time bomb, the corrupted Sunforge atop the city's tower, threatens to destroy the entire continent of Zadia. The oh. city itself is lost, and nearly the entire populace has fled the area. Vaka, a Sunfire Elf healer caring for animals, is still stationed just outside the city limits. Powerful mages fleeing the city have warned her that she should leave, for the devastation is likely to stretch far beyond the city unless something miraculous is done. Not only is the city full of draining, corruptive power, but soon the Sunforge will explode, possibly bringing an end to all life on Zadia. That is, unless someone intervenes. <laughs> That's where you guys come in. Wow. <laughs> Is that one, great? Uh, okay, no pressure. <laughs> That's one heck no of a pressure. starting adventure. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of wanted to save that as like a little surprise for you guys. I didn't just want yeah. to read that out. I wanted to kind of narratively introduce your character into this conflict. But and yes, like what's going on, yeah. Yeah, into the what's going on. That's cool. I have to say I'm really excited that you chose to pick this module where it like leaves off with where the show left off last for us in real time. Like, yeah. I think that's really cool to just like, we love the show, step right into where it left off and do something so important. You know, that feels really cool. And I'm yeah. excited. 
It's cool too because if you've seen the Netflix like trailers for the fourth season, there's gonna be like a time skip. So well, maybe some at of this, this stuff point, happened. when this episode comes out, book four will have already been out for like a week or two. So I will have already That's watched true. it oh. about ten times. <laughs> 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 but. Yeah, so as of, like, recording, we haven't watched book four yet, but there is, like, a time jump between book three and book four. So this happens directly after book three. Okay. Because at the time this episode comes out, book four will be out. Good timing. Yes, good timing. Well, my character goal just got a whole lot more interesting. Uh, my character vastly underestimates the danger she is in. Yes, yeah. When yeah. Uh, No wonder you were smiling so much at me. <laughs> When Tolith told you that it was going to explode, he meant it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, but I was thinking of it more of an, oh, it'll, like, take out the city, not a, it'll take out the whole continent. Yeah, yeah so from Tolith's perspective, like, he was kind of at ground zero. And same with Doraka. Like, they were both at kind of, like, ground zero here, where the Sunforge was corrupted. Now, Doraka pretty much left immediately to go to the Battle of the Stormspire. So he wasn't really in Lux Aria for the aftermath, you know? But Tolith mm -hmm. has been here, you know? And he's kind of seen the progression over the past couple days of, like, going from, oh, maybe we can save the Sunforge to being like, oh, crap, this thing is gonna explode and mm -hmm. kill a lot yeah. of people. Oh, <laughs> so we gotta go. If it doesn't, <laughs> we gotta yeah, get we people gotta go. out of here. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't destroy the whole continent like we think it could, yeah. Right. Yeah, like, literally not just the city, the whole continent of Zadia, they believe, is at risk. And that's why Tolith has been so, like, key to this, and why, like, Duraka has heard rumors about him is because Tolith has been vital to getting people across the continent as quickly as possible. Yeah, because I know these tunnels, and, you know, it's just I've spent a lot of time down there, so... I'm sure there's other Earthbloods that have been helping like I have, but... Yeah, yeah. I'm sure once word got out, more people came in to help, but... Most people are trying to get as far away from Luxaria as possible. All right. Are we ready to dive back in? Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> please. Well, I suppose. <laughs> are you guys ready to try and stop the apocalypse? Oh, oh my character <laughs> well, is so ready. I, personally, am ready to go get as close as possible to it. To this so dragon? Draw it. Yeah. Um, so you can draw so it. So I can okay. draw it. <laughs> you want to draw the apocalypse. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody told me it's an apocalypse. He just said it's going to blow up. So I think I have some time. Uh, no, Tobin did say it's going to destroy Zadia. But I don't think you realize what he means by destroy Zadia. <laughs> I didn't hear the destroy Zadia bit. <laughs> I think I did throw that in there. I think I remember right. saying that part. Cool. I didn't hear that part. <laughs> it's funny because your character probably didn't, didn't either. Didn't hear it either. Yeah, your character probably. I have proven to be somewhat uh, oblivious. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny considering... Sorry, really quick. It's funny oh, considering you're your awareness score. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that. It's I'm very good at noticing specific things. It's uh, like a hyper-focus hyper kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I am hyper-focusing on... I'm very good at looking at this specific thing. Mm -hmm. Not so much everything else. <laughs> All right. So in the introduction, you may have noticed we have a new character named Vaka uh, that has been introduced. So I think as your group is kind of walking towards the city limits, you, you notice that this kind of open air, like kind of a couple of tents, like just this like odd sort of cluster of tents and cages and things like that is approaching. And you see this 
Sunfire Elf pop up. I, I think she's probably overheard your conversation as you're kind of like passing by. And she actually kind of like jumps in front of your group to kind of like stop you. Vaka is a Sunfire Elf with uh, rich umber skin with like, you know how the elves kind of have like the cool tattooed patterns. They're kind of like an, a fawn color over like her cheekbones and under her jaw. She has short wavy brown hair, light green eyes, and she wears like a long yellow scarf over like a sleeveless orange tunic that's trimmed with gold. And so she kind of jumps out and like kind of stops your group and says, she's kind of like timid, but trying to assert herself, you know? <laughs> she says, Good uh, I? I am, um, I hear you're talking about the, um, the Sun Forge, yes? Yeah, apparently it's gonna blow up. Yes, well, that's, that's, that's what they are saying, but come with me, come with me. And she kind of waves you over to follow her towards her, uh, her tents and things like that. Oh, Duraka's definitely following. Absolutely. Yeah, so Shapiro just kind of gives a shrug and follows. I am basically <laughs> being um, tempted with new knowledge. Of course, I'm going to go figure out what she's, what she's got to say. So it becomes very clear as you follow Vaka that she's a veterinarian. Uh, this cluster of tents and cages are full of all of these different kinds of cute little animals. Ooh, critters! I love critters. And big <laughs> animals, too. Uh, but for instance, there's a slow rusk, which is a six-eyed snail the size of a chihuahua that perches and moves. And there's a bright bell, which is a raven-like bird that's bright blue and yellow and sings its favorite word. There's a snickery, which is a deeply mischievous chipmunk with chameleon-like camouflage. <laughs> and there's a ringling, which is a creature that looks like a tiny horse or okapi, but it has a curious lemur's face. Mm. So you kind of like are ushered through these different like cages and things that are holding all of these different animals. And I'm sure you can kind of tell she's uh, trying to nurse these animals back to health. Like, as you look at them, you can tell something's not quite right with most of the animals. I think that Toleth is immediately, like, going over and trying to look at some of the animals. And, like, he's, he's looking really, like, kind of concerned and sad towards them. Um, and kind of mechanically, um, this is just kind of a reflection of one of my special effects so i have a particular set of skills i'll say <laughs> i think actually kind of help in this situation I, I don't think that my character wanted wants to interrupt vaca though so i think for now i'm just gonna say like what it is and i'll probably use okay. it later but i i have some other things i can do too so i'm very concerned about these animals because i have the special effect furry friends forever when you Aww. first meet a non-hostile animal, you may gain them as a friendly asset for free. Oh. And if I spend a plot point, I may step up their die rating. And I may spend this asset to recover my afraid, angry, or insecure stress. So okay. this implies that every friendly non-hostile, or sorry, every non-hostile animal I meet can instantly become my friend. <laughs> okay. But I don't want to break the game because they're all injured and stuff. So I ha actually have some like healing <laughs> ability because I'm a mage too, so... Yeah. I, I'm just going to pull the curtain back and say that I think before we leave, I'm going to try and help uh, Vaka a little bit. Okay. 
But for now, he's trying to, to not disrupt her because she's about to give us knowledge, and I love yes. knowledge. I did the whole anime heart eyes thing and then <laughs> went over to the critters and was, like, really excited, and then I saw that they're kind of sick, and now I'm sad. <laughs> and I'm just kind of, like, sitting next to one of the critters and just yeah. kind of, like, kind of trying to, like, reach through whatever, like, bars of cages they're in to see if I can, like, pet it. Oh, yeah, you can definitely pet these. Like, the bars are, are big enough that you could fit, like, your hands through, so you can definitely yeah. pet some of these guys if you want to. So she's reaching out and trying to, like, pet the critters. Yeah. And I think her little dragon is, like, upset about it and is kind of, like, like on her arm that's, like, reaching into the cage and just, like, hissing at whatever's in there and kind of, like, chirping at it, like, <laughs> like, angry because I'm petting something else. Uh, <laughs> it's oh. jealous. <laughs> it's jealous, yeah. And uh, I think um, I think Daraka has stayed very close by to uh, to the the veterinarian. I can't remember her name. I'm sorry, Vaka. And uh, yeah, as he's as he's looking around at these animals, he's uh, you might see a rather a rather sad look come over his face because he he recognizes many of them as when the as when he was when he was growing up, he would find them you know throughout the city in the forests you know. And, and to see them here injured all because of events that have happened, uh, it, it, it makes him feel rather angry. So yeah, you guys are walking through this clinic. The clinic is like this large open air structure, not much insulation, you know, kind of made of just like cages and tents and things like that. Um, they're separated by pens with no ceiling to them but there's enough netting you know to kind of keep them contained things like that and looming in the back of the clinic is the largest creature which is a twin-tailed inferno toothed tiger that has oh, definitely oh seen better days he's too weak to fly and you can see he's kind of like moping as he paces like he just looks very sad Vaka kind of walks you in the tiger's direction, you know, kind of walking through all of these pens. And as she does so, she's kind of explaining about the Sunforge. Kind of things that you guys have already know and have learned. And maybe this is when Kefira kind of realizes the gravity of the situation. She says, The, the Sunforge it was corrupted by, by dark magic. And at first we thought that maybe we could restore it. But it doesn't seem... The mages don't seem to think that is the case. Ah, uh, but you see, I've been trying to get these animals to safety. It seems the Sunforge is putting off some kind of corruption. It's it's affecting not only the animals, but the people that are still here. But this dark, dark magic corruption. I'm sure if you are here long enough, you will feel it yourself. And she kind of, like, sadly kind of, like, pets one of the animals that's closest to her. Kefira suddenly feels itchy. <laughs> itchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think yeah. Tolth is just remembering, like, maybe a couple forays into the city to collect groups and, like, definitely, like, felt this overwhelming kind of dreadful presence. So he, like, remembers it. Maybe he wasn't there long enough to really be affected by it, but he definitely felt it. So he's also feeling kind of squeamish. I, I would say that uh, Daraka has been back here for long enough, especially due to his connection to the Primal, that he has most certainly felt it, and if anything, it has doubled down his resolve to see this uh, to see this done. Uh, I think there there is some hope. See, my 
My connection to the primal source has always been different than other elves. You see, uh, when I use magic, it makes me feel very weak and, and sick almost. And so I have been trying to develop a serum to help me recover from this sick feeling from the primal. And recently, over the past couple of days, I have noticed that the serum that I have developed, it, it helps the animals. And as she's talking, she kind of shows you. She gives a little drop of this serum that she's holding. And it's like a... When she says serum, it's in a vial. But this vial is like, like a large canteen-sized glass. Oh. And it has this like magenta fluid inside of it with a, a narrow top and a cork that's keeping it sealed. So even though like vial kind of gives you like a small thing, this is a, a bigger size, like a canteen size. And this animal that she's been petting, she gives it like a drop of the serum. And you can see it kind of like perks up a little bit after it has this drop of the serum. Uh, does anyone say anything or? Oh, that's interesting. Upon seeing this, uh, he kind of, he kind of turns to Baka again and says, I think there may be hope for um, for the creatures here. I, I I see it could be possible. Um, do you have a theory? Hmm? They hope for a little more than that. Yeah, I think um, I think honestly, Toleth is just like that. This is this is fascinating. You you said that your connection is different. Yes. Yes. You think that because of that connection, you could you could maybe do something? I believe I see what your hypothesis might be. You're thinking that maybe your serum could heal the source? Whatever you're doing is neutralizing the dark magic. Yes, I, I don't know exactly what it is doing, but it is doing something. Hmm. This could be a way to, to change it. Change it all back. And you, you can see he's, he's getting kind of excited. I do not want to send off without proof, but at this point, I don't want to believe Might it. Maybe the only hope. Are you able to make more of that stuff? Uh, I could. The thing is, I I think that no matter what we do, the Sunforge is going to blast the dark energy outward. We've been able to, to tell that, you know. And the serum can at least reduce that damage maybe to the city limits rather than all of Zadia. Maybe it can contain it somehow. Uh, but I'm too weak to take this serum into the Sunforge myself. Well, I've got wings. I can get it for you. I... The thing is, I need you to just use it on the Sunforge. It's going to be very hard for me to make more. I need you to be careful with how you use it if I do give this to you. Well, yeah, of course. Daraka steps up and, and puts a... And he kind of nods ahead to her and he says, If this... If this could do what you believe... This is hope in our darkest time. We must, we must, we must try. Even if it results in the destruction of our city, at least we can save Zadia. And she hands uh, Doraka the canteen. And you could tell he's he's like he's handling it so terribly gingerly, so that he doesn't so much as upset <laughs> yeah. anything. Um, yeah, kind of when she hands it to you, you feel this like weight, like it's heavy, but also like figuratively it's heavy. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, I think he he um he just he secreted um he secreted he he 
he kind of, uh, he ties it on to, uh, to his, to his belt, but then he pads it as much as he can so that it's not bouncing. Oh yeah, one thing I didn't mention before was it was seemingly a, uh, a black suit of armor, but you can see that he, um, it does have, like, gold accents on it, like, over the backs of the arms, across the back, across the chest. The chest is probably most prominent. It's got a swirling sun design on it. But it's rather the... It's like a photo negative of the usual armor, as is it's, you know, gold with other such accents. This is black for his own reasons. Uh, yeah, he takes it, and then he's he's kind of he's kind of thinking out loud, and he goes... Uh, he turns to Vaka, and he says, Have you managed to get any, any word out? Do you have any... Um, any sort of uh, me messenger, uh, messenger birds here who are well enough. Um, if we are to attempt this, I, I must, I must allow the queen to know it as soon as I can. Yes, yes. Why are you telling the queen? Just give it to me. I'll fly it up there. I'll take care of it. No problem. Be back lickety split. Why am I? T and he, <laughs> once again, is collecting himself, and he's like, "If this is what I believe it might be, if anything, the queen must know now." Uh, also, I should say, Janai hasn't taken the title of queen yet, by the way. Which, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll retcon that. So you, well, she's I mean, still known as the Golden Knight of Luxaria. Yeah. So you might say, take word to the Golden Knight instead of the queen. Yes. And what I'm, what I'm, what I'm meaning is that it's like, I'm not waiting for permission to do it. I'm just sending a message so that she knows this is a thing we're doing. Well, crikey, mate. We can't just sit around here and wait. Our thing's about to blow. And she hands her and holds her hand out, like, hand it over, come on. And he he instantly he instantly um, puts a hand on it. I don't know if you like... saw, but there is a dragon flying around. Well, I suppose we're gonna need a distraction. And and he um he he kind of impatiently he's like I am not going to stand here and wait. But the golden knight must at least know of it. We do not have time to wait. I understand this. You believe I am stupid? Hmm? She glances at Toleth. Please Tol save me. <laughs> <laughs> Toleth just says, I, th I think we need to take a step back for a moment. And he's looking over at um, Vaka and he just says, um, I, th I think it's clear we all see the importance of this. Um, I, for one, want to understand what's going on and fix it if I can. I, I like living here. I think we all do. I think we need to take a little time, not a lot, and plan and maybe learn some more. Um, he's looking at Vaka and he just says, could you tell us exactly what the serum is? I know you kind of described that it's something you came up with for your sickness. Is, is there anything we need to know about it? How volatile is it? How careful do we have to be with it? I wouldn't call it volatile. I mean, I drink it myself. I have carefully developed it over several years. I believe that this vial full should be enough to help this unforge. As you said, deaden the explosion. Yes, I, I don't think the explosion can be stopped, but maybe limited. And we're sitting here just talking about it? Wait, there's there's something else. Uh, Clores, and she gestures at the tiger that was kind of sitting at the back. That's not a tiger, it has a longer name. That is a tongue twister for me. <laughs> <laughs> As she says, there was something stuck in his paw, and I'm not sure what it is, but I feel as though it carries importance. 
And uh, she goes over to like a table near Clores. That's the uh, twin-tailed Inferno Tooth Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I love that name for a creature. I think maybe she hands it to Tolith because Tolith seems uh, the most responsible of the group at this point. <laughs> uh, and like she said, she's not sure what it is or what it does. But as she hands it to you, she says, it seems to pulse when someone with a, a creature or someone with a high level of corruption is nearby. Hmm. And she hands you this shard. It's just like this kind of golden shard of you don't know hmm. uh, but she hands it to you Tola okay and I'll just look at it and I mean I'm curious about this thing like this is something brand new to me it's like a golden something which immediately makes me think of like ores and metals and gems and like I'm an earth blood elf that loves tunneling and being in rocks and stuff so like uh, it, Andrew, how maybe... did you manage to play a dwarf in a game about elves <laughs> I just did. <laughs> did you maybe want to do like a check to see if that's you can I was figure thinking, anything yeah. out about it? Yeah, that's kind of what I was hoping I might be able to do. Yeah. We should okay. probably roll something at some point in this game. <laughs> yeah, so it has been very narrative up until this point. <laughs> first roll of the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, first roll of the game. Here we go. Yeah, so I think this is going to be what's called a check instead of like a test because it's just like you're not opposing anything you know what i mean this is also going to be a stacked roll if i if i think this is going to break the way it's going to break as far as the stats i'm going to use <laughs> but go ahead so well while i'm trying to find this andrew what like attributes or values and things like that do you think apply to this test all right so i'm trying to kind of see what i can discern about this shard that i've been given i've been told what it can do but i'm trying to like, learn more about it and see if maybe i can figure something out about it, right? Yeah. So I think that as far as the attribute that might apply, I think it's going to be either awareness or intellect. I'm kind of leaning towards intellect just because I am trying to take my existing knowledge and apply it to something new and learn what I can about it. And speaking of learning, I think I am trying to figure out the truth about this thing. What is it? How does it do what it you know that it's been claimed to do? Why does it react to this corruption um, energy? So I think that it would be truth and intellect. Okay. And what dice do you have for that? I have two d10s. Those are my two best stats. Okay. Now I have a question. Am I also allowed to add in anything else for like if I have an asset that might apply or? Do you have an asset that helps you figure out stuff like this? So I'm not, like, this is just a question on my part. I don't think so. I don't think but any of our assets have, like, far as, okay. special effects yet. Well, as far yeah. as, like, magic, I think I only have specific spells. So if one of those spells doesn't specifically help in some way, I don't think I could use my earth magic spells. Yeah, asset, unless right? it was okay. some kind of, like, identification spell or something I'm, like that. I'm definitely going to say that I don't think I have any then. I just wanted to make okay. sure I understood, like, if I do or not. The only other question I have, maybe this gets cut out, but I remember a lot of the examples in the book had a lot more than just two dice. Is there a way to get other dice added to it, or is that pretty much, like, when we do have assets that apply? So I'm looking at an example test. And so like 
This person built their dice pool by using their agility attribute, truth value, watchful ex... I can't pronounce that correctly. Expatriate distinction. And oh. then their sneaking specialty. So that gave them four dice. Oh, so okay, like so... whenever you're in a situation that is specifically catered to like your specialties and like okay. your distinctions, that's going to give you more dice. That makes sense. Okay. So for example, if I, if one of my distinctions really applied, I could try to use that. For example. Yeah. And so that would give you okay. like a third die. Yeah. Okay. So in my case, my distinctions are Earthblood Elf, Earthly Guide, and Curious Wanderer. I don't think the fact, uh, maybe Curious Wanderer because I'm curious about everything, but that'd be a bit of a stretch, I would say. Yeah, I think, and also, I'm sorry, which traits did you say you were using? Because you can only use one attribute and one value. Yeah, so you I, can't use like, the, okay. I use the intellect attribute and the truth value. Yep. Okay, yeah, then we're good. Yeah, then I would say just roll those two dice. All right, sounds good. And so I actually have to roll dice against you for a test. So to okay. set the test difficulty, if it's very easy, I'll roll two d4s. If it's easy, it's two d6s, so on and so forth. I'm going to say this is actually a very hard test. Oh. So I'm going to roll two d12s to set the difficulty. Oh, so even though I'm doing my best dice, it still might not be enough. Yeah, I, I think this is a very hard test. But, you know, I could roll awful. Because I'm mean, good. So. Because you're you. I wish that I had a uh, special effect or other thing that applied. Hi, for anyone new here, Hannah normally rolls like butt. Yeah, if you're new here, I'm cursed. <laughs> and normally I'm the one that enjoys it. Okay. I rolled mine. Okay. I'm going to roll mine. I think this is my last ditch effort. I have like earth magic spells as an asset, but I also have the specialty of earth magic. I was trying to think if I could just like use my connection with the earth to try and learn about this thing. I think that probably also doesn't apply, right? I don't think so. <laughs> okay, then I'm just going to roll my 2d10s. All right, I only got a nine total. I rolled a five and a four, so half or lower Oof. for both die. I uh, got 18 total. Jeez. So it did not so, pass. Boy. I would have had to get nine or 10 on both dice, Yeah. I think. Is there any chance I could find out something about this? You could try the same test. <laughs> what exactly are we trying to determine here? So she what is What this thing that, is? Yeah, I was trying to figure the out shard? what exactly it is because I want to learn why it can do what she says it can do. Okay. So I have a thing that's part of my, one of my, I want to say sound effects, but that's not right. Special One effects. of my special, special effects. effects. <laughs> do we want to talk about plot points? Oh, wait, hang on. Sorry, before we continue. Uh, usually when you fail a test, the narrator gives your character sick, uh, die six of stress. If it's applied to existing stress, it steps up the stress die as usual. The types of stress should reflect the nature of the problem. Okay. So the types of stress are afraid, angry, corrupted, exhausted, injured, and insecure. Mm -hmm. I would say insecure. Yeah, would probably I think so. be the most yeah. accurate. So I would say take a D6 insecure stress. Do I roll that or do you roll that? Oh no, sorry. Uh, you a D, mark I it on your character a, journal. Right. I forget that I'm not rolling it. It's just like it's value. Yeah, it's D6. just like a status. Yeah. yeah. You'll have to remind me though, because now I can use that D6 in my tests against you. While we're on the topic, though, I do have a question because I actually might have a way to heal that. Okay. So. I have um, a magic spell that 
like gives me something that has restorative pro properties. So could I just like use that kind of absentmindedly because I'm feeling insecure or is that not how like healing stress works? That's something I forgot from the rules. So you can recover stress dice when your character is time to rest, recuperate or gain the benefits of medicine. Okay. By spending a plot point, you can also step down one of your stress dice when the narrator rolls an opportunity that represents shaking it off, taking a breath, or realizing it wasn't as bad as you thought. Okay. Stress dice that are stepped down to a four are removed from your character journal. I think that I have a way to deal with this, but I don't think it'll be immediate, but it'll probably be before we leave the area if that's okay, okay. with you. And I'll tell you yeah, when we get to that. I just don't want to take all the the scene so yeah so i think tolith yeah i was just gonna say i think tolith is like looking at this thing and he just says um i'm i'm stumped i i don't know why it does what you say it does and he's just looking kind of uncertain could it possibly be something i've run across before no <laughs> yeah it doesn't look familiar to me so yeah i think Tolith just holds on to it then and just says um well um maybe i'll Maybe I'll learn exactly what it is as I use it. So I think uh, that's a good word for it. You know, that was a perfect one to pick. I think Toleth is looking kind of insecure and uncertain about all of this. And I think everybody sees him just kind of subconsciously like wave his hand and he says a phrase. Um, I'm using magic, by the way. Ooh. Mm -mm. He says... Um, do you have to roll kind of for like, that, or do you just do it? I think, like, if I'm actually using it as part of a roll, um, well, maybe. Otherwise, I'll, you I'll, just can? Yeah, I'm not sure, because, like, the way that I read it in the book is, like, if you're using it to assist, you're going to add it to your dice pool. I don't know if you can just do spells whenever you want, though, so I'll kind of let you, you know can. what I want to do. So okay. You can just do it. So what it is is he just kind of mutters, like, he's just doing this subconsciously because he's feeling insecure. He just mutters, um, Crystallum Mordo which is crystal rations. It creates small edible crystals that can be chomped on for restorative prop purposes. You just made oh. yourself rock candy. I did. So rock he literally just candy. makes these like kind of a little small batch of these like little purple crystals and he just starts like chomping on them and eating them. <laughs> He's stress literally eating. stress eating. <laughs> I'm stress eating, yeah. Very much so. I love it. So do you think that's fair to, uh, to try and get rid of... Uh, the stress I just got. Yes. Since we're still kind totally of in a rest period. Fair. Okay. Totally fair. Do I need to roll something for that, or is it just like I have just used medicine, so to speak, so I get to step down a die from a six to a four? Well, whenever you step it down from a six to a four, it just goes away. So you right. That that it. that's what I figured. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So as long as I get all my stress in the middle of a rest period, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's <laughs> how that's gonna happen. I feel bad for taking that resource away from you so fast though it's okay don't worry about i'm sure it. we're gonna get more <laughs> i'll have plenty more opportunities yeah so to kind of bring us back into the you know story a little bit daraka has brought up the thing that he wants to send a message a message to the golden knight i think vaka motions back and says uh my assistant mal can help you with that he can get you a bird and you can Send whatever message you would like. Uh, he follows, or or she just gestures toward the back, right? Yeah, she just kind of gestures like back to where Mal is. Mal is uh, 
He's a staple keeper who fled Luxar Luxaria, um, but he's been helping Vaka manage the wildlife that has also you know, fled the city. Uh, he's also a Sunfire elf. He just has like the soothing presence about him. Like you just feel comfortable being around him. Uh, okay. Is he cute? Yes. <laughs> uh, oh. I can send you a picture if you want. Hang on. Yes, please. But does he, I, my question is, does he have a smolder like Erebos? Because I don't think anyone has a smolder like Erebos does. Oh, he's adorable. Yeah, okay, he's, he's really yeah. cute. <laughs> Look at his square little chin. I love him. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Daraka heads toward the back. He sees um, he sees this guy uh, kind of standing in the background. And uh, so he um, he says, uh, I, I believe I will have to uh, appropriate the use of one of these... One of these, one of these animals here to, uh, to deliver a message. I was told you could help me. Oh, certainly. And he just helps you kind of, you can do that in the background. We don't need to do it, you know, play it out. Yeah, so he's just. He helps you to. He's, yeah, uh, he points out the right animal. He, and so then in the background, um, Daraka is writing, writing this message. And all he says is possible lead to lesson the explosion of the Sunforge. No time to wait for it. Uh, no time to wait for it. And must be now. And that's it. Okay. So you send off this message. And Vaka, you know, is kind of still standing with Tolith and uh, Kefira. And she goes over to Klors, the tiger, and kind of strokes, like, in between, like, his forehead, you know. And she says... I know that you are a Skywing elf, but considering, you know, there's a dragon, uh, Chloris might be able to fly up there at least once, even though he is weak. Maybe give it to one of them? She kind of points behind her. I can already fly. I mean, you don't have to use Chloris, but he's available. Well, like I said, we're going to need a distraction. I don't want to do anything that puts him at risk. So many lives have already been lost. I think Tolith actually speaks up and he just says, uh, I think he's still kind of munching on his own crystal rations. And he just says, uh, he's probably still got some in his hand. And he just says, um, <laughs> crunch, crunch, crunch. Crunch. <laughs> he's like, you know, around bites. He's like, um, you know, um, maybe these could help him a little bit. They might help him feel stronger at least. Um, do you think it would be helpful? The only thing that can heal this corruption is the serum I have tried. Well, maybe it's best not to be using him. He is here. If look, you I can, your mind. I can do it on my own. And well, well, actually, uh, question, Hannah is um, as weak as he is. Does he look like he could be strong enough to lift someone like me wearing armor, or not? <laughs> he could. He could do one trip, is what. Uh, yeah, what she's claiming. Baka yeah. is saying. That was what I was. That was what I was recommending. It's just the problem is, that what else are we gonna do with him other than use him as a, a distraction? But I, you know, because well, so because I have the oh, thing look, and I can't I fly. Look, I hate to, you know, kick you out, but we kind of need to do this. Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I, th I think they might like since the offer has been made, I to refuse it in this time. I think would be kind of crazy. So um, and it all over, pretty boy. Uh, Daraka just looks over at her and says, Will he uh, follow as he is told, or um, is there a lead, or... Um... No, Chloris, he will, he will follow. He is loyal. And I, I think he, he steps up 
to, to Clores and kind of go between the ears just like she did and he says <laughs> I remember I saw saw a fair amount of you when I was young lad in this city enough with the reminiscing hand it over um, I think Toloth puts up a finger first and he just says I don't think that your plan is the best Kefira. I think that you shouldn't assume that you can just fly past a dragon even with a distraction. I think we need to try to get close to the tower, but I don't think you should try to go straight for it. I you think got a should, better idea? I think that we all fly together, you know, the two of us on Clores and you on your own, but I say that we try to fly for the tower. We need to see what this dragon does and react. We can't just assume you can get there. What if it takes you out with the serum in one fell swoop and then the whole plan is shot. Would you guys say you're trying to devise a path to the Sunforge? Yeah. Yes. Sure. <laughs> Why don't you all make a test to devise a path to the Sunforge? All right. Okay. Maybe step outside and take a look at the area. Yeah. Uh, things like that. And uh, just, so you, just so you know, Susanna, he is not giving you this. You're, you're gonna yeah, have to prove. <laughs> um, it does. This is a test that's kind of like you know suggested. So it has some suggestions on where to start. I can give those to you to kind of help you out. One is like using awareness, saying like I gaze towards the Sunforge from as many angles as I can manage from here, or intellect. I can spot danger and safety ahead as I am no fool, or glory. I am dreaming of my place in this legend. It inspires me to find a heroic path. Or truth, like, as a Sunfire Elf, I love this city and I search my memories for the answer. Yeah, I was gonna say, mm. for me, I was gonna say, like, I was gonna, like, do a quick scout, basically. Okay, so what, like, values or attributes or distinctions do you want to use for that? Awareness would make sense for me, because I'm looking. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe glory, just because... Definitely, oh, since cool. she wants to be, like, the lone hero that flies the serum yeah. up there. I can yeah. definitely use my Skywing elf thing for this, because I'm literally using, like, my elven attributes for this. Yeah, you're flying around. Could I use Insightful Explorer? Uh, what's, like, the description of that? If it, Does it have one, or...? It doesn't have one. It's my, um... Um, sure. I mean, I don't see why not. Well, it only lets me use one of these. Okay, I'll just use the Skywing elf one. You can't use any more of... You can only use one of your distinctions, apparently. Oh, okay. According to this thing, anyways. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, you're only supposed to use, like, one die from kind of, like, each category. Like, attributes, value, distinction. Okay, then, yeah, I think that would do for me. Okay, so go ahead and roll those. I will roll against you. This is a hard challenge, so I will be rolling two d10s. I'll roll for the same as well at some point. Yeah, you guys can all roll. Just let me do one at a time here. Yeah, yeah. What did you roll? 15. Oh, I got 15 too. I don't know what uh, mm. Ty is. Meets beats? <laughs> I don't sure know. Who meets I and who beats? Yeah. Or maybe it would be uh, your highest effect die or whatever. I don't know. The difficulty is the number you need to beat with your own total when you roll your dice for the test. If you beat it, the test is a success. If you didn't beat it, the test is a failure. Beating a difficulty means rolling higher than the difficulty total. Oh. If your total so is the same as the difficulty's total, you didn't beat it, so it counts as a failure. Okay. Ouch. So that means I get to give you a d6 of stress. Yay. I think insecure would be a good one, don't you think? Probably. Uh, either insecure or maybe 
exhausted from flying. Those are the only two I can think of. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I guess. I guess insecure makes sense. Especially since you rolled with like glory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that makes the most sense. I could have rolled with my higher one, but I thought glory makes the more sense in this one. Yeah, I'm gonna step outside as well and roll for the same. I think, unless Andrew wanted to go first. No, you can go first. I've already got to roll. So, what would you like to use to roll? Uh, I believe, if I can, I would love to use justice and awareness because justice, you know, what I'm what I am doing is furthering trying to trying to get some undo the wrongs. Uh, yeah. Yes, some measure of justice for what has been done, and then of awareness, of course, because I'm looking for a way. Mm -hmm. That is an eleven for me. <laughs> You're you're lucky, because <laughs> I rolled a one on one of the dice. Ooh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but in true uh, Hannah fashion, I rolled a ten on the other one, so you just barely beat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I did the f true like feast or famine roll. You know, wait, I, I rolled wait. the lowest and the highest. Wait, didn't he just tie it? Thought he also got eleven. No, ones don't count towards your total. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, ones yep. don't count. So my total is a 10. So ten yeah, he just, he's lucky that ones don't count or else he also would have tied it. But I didn't. Yep. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> okay, so uh, there's some specific things that happened because Susanna failed, but also some specific things that happened because Wesley succeeded. So uh, okay. let's start with. Wait, do I also not get to roll? Do you need to? I don't I mean, think I was, need to. But I mean, I, you can oh, if you want. Because, and I, I did want to. Yeah, go ahead. We can do Because I was risking, like, yeah, but I don't know. I, I just, I I had a reason to, to I was going to explain why I thought I could use a third yeah, die. Yeah, go ahead. And I, I was excited for it, so. Go for go it. Go um, I'm well, not excited for it. I just was like, I thought I was being smart, so. I was going to just try and like stand there, just kind of assess the situation and just be like, okay, what's the safest way to do this and make sure that we're secure in it? Because it sounds like this is kind of a last ditch effort to have a great effect for all of Zadia. So he's trying to just like call me, like look at it while these two are out scouting. Um, so I think he's using his intellect to like look at the situation and try and assess everything. And then I think he's using truth again because he's trying to figure out exactly just how dangerous the different options are. And then I think also my earthly guide might make sense because I think that whenever I'm traveling underground and like helping move people places, I have to be able to kind of be aware of my surroundings and know if I have to maybe take a different path because of danger. So I thought maybe yeah. my earthly guide might make sense in trying to get to a place, you know? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So I was going to roll three dice for that. Two D10s and a D8. Absolutely I got good. a 18. I got a 10 yeah. on my D10. You uh, definitely succeeded because I got a 12. <laughs> nice. Uh, actually, so you succeeded by more than five, correct? Yeah, yep. Oh, you step up your die effect by one. Uh, which one was your effect die? Um, so that's the thing is I had a one on my third die. Oh, so, so it'd be a D4. So okay. you'd move that up to... Uh, a D6. A D6, okay. Now, basically, the effect die for tests don't have as much of an effect. Um, it's basically kind of like a measure for how much you succeeded. So, okay. like, for instance, like, if you chose, like, a D12 as your effect die, like, the highest die, 
you like yeah, super matter. succeeded. Yeah. Like you yeah. totally did it. If your effect die is a D4, it means that you just barely squeak this out. So that's yeah. kind of like the narrative for effect dies for tests. That makes sense. Yeah, because it doesn't matter the value because you didn't use it for your dice pool. It just matters what the die Correct. is. Yeah. Yeah, it just matters what the die itself is, not the value on the die. Okay. Um, okay, so we have two successes and a failure. Yes. So I think what happens here is uh, Tolith and Duraka are on the on the ground, obviously because uh, Kufira is I, I got is flying, <laughs> and they kind of do their own survey, and then come back together, and they are able to create a hand drawn map, and so you guys now have a hand drawn map as an asset. Oh, cool. I would say Tolith and Duraka, you can both add this hand-drawn map as an asset. So you guys have that now. Okay. And is this a temporary or a permanent asset? Well, it won't matter after the city is destroyed. Uh, I think it's, it, says, it doesn't specify, so I'm guessing it's a permanent. I mean, as long as you want it. Okay. Um, and what's the side? Like, what's the die? I believe you gain assets at D6. So I'm going to say hand-drawn map of Luxaria. And also during your, like, both of you, like, your surveying of the area, you'll note that there were barriers built during the city's evacuation, and there are only some improvised gates made by panicking guards that then mm. open up to, like, a series of paths to the Sunforge. So the okay. city, though the city is vast and contains many winding roads, the chaos of thousands of fleeing elves has left, you know, a lot of devastation and things like that. So these monitored gates made of magically fused scrap metal and spare parts are all that are are all that kept invading humans from ransacking it and attacking refugees. So there's these kind of like magically infused gates that are going to kind of be in your way hmm. uh, as you go through the city if you go that way. Okay. Could they be flown over? Yeah, I was about to say, is there a reason why we don't just fly? Well, you'll like, also our, note the dragon looming overhead. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you recognize that it's a fire dragon because it's spewing fire into the sky. Okay. Uh, and you'll see that it's worth noting that it's erratically weaving over the city's entire sprawl. And it's pretty close, actually. Speaking of flying, uh, Kefira, because you failed. Yes. <laughs> oh, I should have used my... I forgot I had a, my little dragon as an asset. I should have used it. <laughs> I don't know how the little dragon would help you. It can fly around and, and help me find stuff. And come back and show me, because it's tiny. It's little. It not be easily noticed. Uh, So you're up in the sky, and you don't have the shard, so you don't have any warning that this corrupted dragon uh, suddenly is directly behind you. And how you do feel I this miss the <laughs> Wow. Okay. You're focused. Remember how you said yeah, you have specific selective focus? I do. I'm very aware of one thing. <laughs> well, you kind of lost track of this dragon here. That's and great. you feel this heat from the flame kind of like tickle at the back of your neck. You know, like you suddenly are like, oh crap, this thing is right behind me. And Excellent. this dragon dives through the sky towards you. And I think you're actually going to need to... Uh, we're going to have to have a contest here to see if you can dive out of the way quick enough. 
Okay, sure. Oh. It's not gonna go well for me. I'm really not good at the whole uh, physical Flying thing. Physical thing. <laughs> <sighs> okay. How about agility? I guess maybe. Could I? Can I use values in this sort of thing? If you can give me a justification. Uh, how about liberty? I don't want to be caught by a dragon. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that works. <laughs> Do you not have, you can use your distinction because you're a Skywing elf. Yeah, no, I'm gonna use that. I'm just saying, I want another one. <laughs> uh, I wanna save my, like, specialty thing. I don't have my specialty thing yet. I thought I did, but I don't. Okay, well, I don't really have a lot. I can just use agility and my okay. Skywing elf thing. Go for it. 11. You succeed because I rolled yeah. really bad. <laughs> I got an oh, eight and a one, sorry. and the one doesn't count, so it was an eight. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you dive out of the way successfully, but you can tell this dragon has, like, honed in on you and is not going to let you get past it. All right, I'm going to go back down. To, I'm going to, like, duck down through the streets where it's not going to be able to, like, follow me without destroying buildings. It sprays fire after you and sets buildings on fire. <laughs> I'm sure it does, but it's the whole the whole town's about to explode, so I don't care. What are you gonna do now? <laughs> I don't know. You said it's it's on me. Like yeah. I'm gonna try to get lost in like the buildings and see if I can like double back around. I have a quick question. So like just to kind of like make like kind of just understand where I'm at where all this is going on. So, like, we were all together in the group. You know, we got approached by Vaka, and she told us her, like, idea about the serum and how she needed help trying it out to try and save Zadia. We all agreed, and we're thinking of this plan. Do me and Duraka see what's going on to Kefira right now? Like, do, do we yeah. see her, like, in the sky being attacked by a fire dragon? I mean, you probably see the dragon attacking houses. You can make an yeah. assumption. Yeah. You don't see Kefira in the sky anymore. <laughs> oh. I think, honestly, I think what's going to happen that is Tolith, like, is worried about his friend. Um, so he just looks over at Vaka and just says, um, we need to go help her. Um, I, I guess we'll take, uh, we'll, we'll take Clores with us and maybe wait until we get closer to, to fly with him. But, uh, do you think that would be okay? Can he walk or should we leave him? Uh. He's trying, he's trying to ask if Chloris could like walk with us on the ground until oh, yeah, later, yeah. and then we and so yeah. we could like have him fly us at the end, basically. Yeah. Okay. So he's gonna uh, say. Baka um, nods. Yeah. I guess we'll just go get started on this thing. I'm gonna double back around and try to hide myself in between some close buildings and see if I can lose its focus. Yeah, I think you can reasonably do that. I don't think you need to make another test because you succeeded okay. on on dodging her the first time. So. Cool. So I'm just kind of like flying underneath of the smoke now and like hiding myself. Yeah, are you heading back towards like the clinic or? Yeah, I'm gonna head okay. back to where we were before. Slightly singed. Slightly singed. <laughs> smoky. You smell a little bit smoky, yeah? <laughs> yeah. So do you guys meet back up then? I know you, uh, the two yeah. of you. Yeah, because we didn't see That's exactly what happened to her, like Tolith was basically just trying to like, you know, he already has the, golden shard thing that vibrates when corrupted things are nearby. He was trying to get Clores and then basically just like get with Daraka and just go to try and see if they could help 
Kay Fira because mm-hmm. he didn't know it was wrong. So I think like we've kind of collected ourselves and we're on our way into the city to try and find her. Yeah. Yeah. So you would be heading towards one of those gates that you guys kind of scoped out before. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just land down next to you guys, just kind of panting. Oh, um, we were on our way to try and find you. Big dragon. Fast. So <laughs> I was right. It's a snaky bugger. I think maybe we take Clores with us and we wait until the very last moment to try and fly up at the tower. Maybe get closer on the ground. Does that seem right to everyone? Sure. She did say it was only one trip. Does not make sense to exhaust him now beforehand. Yes. I We're gonna need think to so. stay out of the big streets. Unless they have objection, I think he might uh, just turn to them and be like, I know of ways through this city. Come. And he'll uh, he'll be sort of like the pointer for, you know, this street, that street, turn here, you know. Mm. That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me, too. And, like, along with our map of, like, the current situation of the city, like, to help him scout out, I think that makes a lot of sense for him to lead with his past knowledge. So... Do you think you guys are going to try and head directly through one of these gates? Now, keep in mind, the gate closest to you seems to be guarded. There's some people standing outside of it. Uh, But if you want to avoid that, you could take, like, a longer way around. Uh, What do you guys think you'd like to do there? I mean, what do the people look like? Do they look... I mean, are they, like, vagrants or are they guards or what are they? They appear to be guards. Oh, I mean, how about we just tell them the city's about to blow up and they should leave? Yeah. I, think I don't we'd know probably, what they're guarding anymore. I think we'd probably try to... Like, I think Toloth would definitely be trying to get people to leave the city if he sees... I mean, if they're, like if it's, normal people, if they're yeah. specifically guards and we can tell that, then, yeah, I think Doraka is just planning it's to just be honest and with them. assert authority should he need to and be like, move or I make you move if he has to. <laughs> Okay, so you guys are going to head towards the gate is what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I guess. So uh, as you're on the way to the gate, uh, you start hearing this suspicious and strange rustling in some trees nearby. uh, You hear that? Yeah. And I'm looking at it. Carefully now. Slowly. I've got my wings just kind of slowly fluttering behind me like I'm ready to take off into the sky. (laughs) And you you see that... uh, Doraka has reached behind him, obviously holding on to something that is in a rather long, holsterish looking thing on his back. Scabbard, well, I'd I, assume. Well, actually, no, it's not a scabbard. It's not. Carrying that has a holster. <laughs> I mean, All right. I don't really know what the what the terminology with well, this particular weapon is, so. Maybe a sheath? Yes, that would make more. Yes, it is sheath, not a, uh, not a scabbard. My friend. Is anyone going to investigate the noise or just make Oh, I assumed yeah, the noise was yeah. going to jump out of this. And if not, I, said I was going to keep walking. I said that I was looking at it. Yeah. I don't care what the noise is. We need to move. <laughs> I think that my, I think Toloth would want to be ready for uh, something going on. He knows this city is not right uh, Toloth, at the you said you're looking, you're looking towards it? Or yeah. I think we're all looking at it. You notice there's a shiny purple bird made from scrap metal sitting in the tree, and it's kind of uh, just sitting there making this, like, rattling noise, and kind hmm. of like this mechanical, like, <laughs> Does my uh, golden shard thing react at all to it? No. No? Okay. So it's not corrupted. Do you tell us? Yeah, I think Tolls is just, like, kind of holds out the golden shard and just says, um, 
Well, it's not corrupted, whatever it is. Well, if it's not corrupted, we should move. They're they're moving closer to it, but can I roll to see if I might recognize this thing? Uh, did you say you pulled out your weapon? Um, I, I said that I, ha- I had one hand, uh, I had one hand over my shoulder with it, like, holding it, and I haven't pulled it yet, no. So, as you kind of step towards this mechanical bird, uh, to investigate it more, uh, you are suddenly tackled by someone, and they're going to attempt to disarm you. <laughs> me attack, me tackle. Uh, yep, so I need you to Why roll. didn't we just move? <laughs> Why are we dealing with a mechanical bird? The city's gonna blow up! Someone is tackling you. Okay. And is gonna attempt to disarm you. So I need you to roll as a contest to try avoid being disarmed. Okay. Uh, Can I please roll with strength and agility? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't. No, I'm not. Th- those not are the both. same. No. Those are the same. Sorry. <laughs> no, you cannot. I know I can't. No. Um, you could probably roll with strength and justice. Yes, I will roll strength and justice if that works. <laughs> Does justice work for this, though? I mean, strength and... I don't and... see why not. It's someone trying to stop us from fixing things, so... I guess that's true. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else you can roll? Like, your soldier thing or whatever? Like, what's your... Uh, you could probably use your knight I roll distinction. A... Yeah, your knight yes, thing. Yes, I roll this knight distinction, so... Knight, so justice, and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any assets or special abilities that also help? Actually, I might... <laughs> Um, a weapon? Uh, well, actually, in that case, well, I think I might have the two. the weapon is the thing that's, you know, being contested here. You know, he's trying, yeah. the person is trying to disarm you. Yeah, yes, but I do, have, uh, I do have my armor. Could I, does that help? I don't think armor is going to help with, with disarming. Well, right, what if it, what if, I mean, like, if the fact that he's armored elbow means him he, in the can, face, yeah, he can throw that elbows would work pretty well. More. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, sure. Okay. I can be easily, easily swayed. Swayed, yeah. I guess the weight of the uh, armor could help with throwing the person off balance. We'll go with that. Uh, I believe that's a 14. Okay, yeah, I rolled a 10, so you succeed. Uh, (laughs) yeah. This person tries to disarm you, and then immediately is like, oh crap, and like kneels and apologizes. He's like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I, I just... I was just trying to uh, get. An, I, I was just sleeping in this bush here, and I um, I thought you might have been some, you know, the leftover bad humans. I'm not one of the bad humans, though. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> mate, this whole city's about to explode. Get out. No, no, you don't understand. I got, I gotta help as many people as I, I, as I can. I just. And you look at this guy, he's like this older guy. He looks kind of like disheveled. He's a human. And so I know you guys are all elves. So you probably haven't had many interactions with a human to begin with. Uh, He has this like disheveled white hair. Uh, He's just looks a little lost. (laughs) Yeah, my character is like just staring at this guy because I've always wanted to see a human. And now I see one. Well, I've just seen a whole bunch of them. So the, 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 what's the That's word? True. The novelty has worn off. Worn and right off. now yeah. he's just stopping I, us from doing what I wasn't at do. the battle. So I, for at least a brief moment, I'm just like, oh, it's actually a human. Like, that's kind of the expression on my face. In the whole failed disarming thing, I think he's like, one reason why he's so nervous is that he very suddenly has a very sharp spear tip 
poking at his neck because, uh, yeah, I have my weapon out on him. Well, he's kneeling and apologizing at this point. Which, okay, so in the, says, in the first five seconds this happened and then he put it down. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. I just, I defected from the human army after what they did here. And, you know, they stayed around trying to catch all of us. You see, I've been a bit on the run. Blark, you need to get out of the city. <laughs> like, no, no, I, I can't, I can't. I gotta help everyone. I, I. There's no, there's no one left to help. There's still people in the city. There's still, I just, I needed to get a bit of rest, okay? I've been awake for a really long time. I get that. We're about to blow up the city. You what? Y you gotta go. <laughs> blow up the city to save the continent, I think is what she means. Well, yeah. But he didn't know that. Yeah. Listen, I just, I mean no harm. I come in peace. I set up the bird because I was trying to protect myself while I got some shot eye. We need to leave. Screw this guy. No, listen, I I can't go. I gotta help. If you guys are going to do something, I want to help. Well, come on then. And he turns and starts walking again. We don't have time for this. As long as uh, you can keep up with us, then maybe we'll need extra hands. Yeah, we need He gets this big grin on his face. <laughs> Great. He can follow us. Great. You... He says, oh, by the way, my name's Eckers. Don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet I you, don't care. Toleth, Toleth actually like... <laughs> Did you miss that? No, I heard No, it. I missed that. Oh, no, I caught that. I, I caught said, nice joke. to meet you, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he continues on. Um, not in the mood yeah, for fun. They're, they're, as, and we need to move. As those two are kind of running off, you know, Toleth is still following, but true to his um, value statement for devotion of making new friends along the way is part of the fun. He just kind of reaches out and very enthusiastically is like shaking this guy's arm up and down. And I'm a pretty <laughs> tall guy. Like I, I I didn't say it when I like went into the character description, but I'm like a tall, like bulky kind of like earth blood elf. So he's just like shaking this guy's hand up and down. He's just like, well, um, I, I for one am pleased to meet you. You're the first human I've ever met. Oh, well. Trees to meet you too. I heard that's a concept <laughs> right here. <laughs> Hannah. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> I think that gets a. I think that gets a you good. You know, I'm chuckle. starting to learn about elf culture and stuff, and I just think it's so cool. You know. Well, Get a lot if, to learn, mate. If we make it out of this alive, I would love to sit down and learn everything I can about you and your culture. Oh my. Andrew <laughs> is the Kellen now. Andrew has become Kellen. <laughs> And kind of as you guys are talking, uh, the dragon overhead kind of swoops over. And he says, I'm sure you guys have noticed that, right? Against the wall. Get against the wall. I'm telling him to get against the wall. <laughs> Hide. Eckers flattens himself back against the wall immediately. He's good at Yeah, I do the same orders. thing. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I don't want to get fried again. Listen, when I was here, I saw that dragon come in. And I think that dragon got... It got corrupted by the Sunforge. It, like, touched it or something. It was wild, man. Uh, but I'm wondering if, if maybe there's some way that we can heal it. Well. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Can't think nope, of a way. that's your answer. That's your final answer. <laughs> Can't think of a way. No. 
Either the dragon will be fixed when we blow it up, or it'll die when we blow it up. Either way, we only have enough of this crap to put on one thing, and it has to be in the thing that's going to blow up the whole freaking planet. So, no. Continent. Oh, the my. Dra Sorry, the dragon's going to have to be figure itself out, you know? So what's, what's, what's she going to say? Maybe it'll fly. No, I just said can't think of anything. I'm not saying yeah. anything about what she's, we have. Oh, you just say don't think of anything? She, I just said I can't think of anything. Yeah, she's basically not telling him. I'm not telling him truth. nothing. I think Toleth like opens his mouth and then realizes why you're not saying it and he thinks about it. But it makes his like gears start turning. He's like, I wonder if something as strong as a dragon could do something about this. Is there any kind of check or roll I could make to try and think about the situation and what this dragon could mean about our plan? Like, is there a way we could actually fix the dragon to help us? Will fixing the dragon give us a way to fix the Sunforge? The Sunforge. Um, I don't think you need to make a test. I think as you're thinking about this, you know that A, the serum could definitely heal the dragon, considering Vako is using it to heal the animals. Mm-hmm. Second, you think it would be beneficial to heal the dragon because then you wouldn't have an obstacle to fly up to the Sunforge. Yes, but, we but would it be doesn't using our thing the... we need on the Sunforge. Yeah. Like that's the problem. Is, is like we don't know if we have enough of this goop to make a difference for the Sunforge. Like I, I think we need to use all of it. You know, that's what as I nice as it too. would be to to heal the dragon. Like we only have so much of this stuff, and if we don't use all of it, that could be incredibly dangerous. <laughs> We could sacrifice the planet to save one stupid dragon that's going to die anyway. Why don't you have a conversation about this in character? Because none of us wanted to talk about we don't, it. We don't want to talk about it in front of Because uh, you made us take this NPC with us. Well, maybe you tell him you need to have a conversation in private or something. I told you he's very good at listening to orders. He just wants to help. I think Daraka hears him in the background going, possibly to heal it. And he stops for a moment, turns very suddenly to him says, you, give us space. Back a bit. Give us a minute, mate. Oh, right. I'll just go get my, my bird. You, you do that. Go, go. And he's waving his hand, like, go away. You can see he's trying to listen, but not look like he's listening. <laughs> and he looks at the other two, and he, he's thinking about it. He's like, while I don't deny the curing of the dragon could be a, quite a good thing, I, we don't have any more of this should we use it on one beast versus to save the entire continent, it's not really a contest. As much as it'd be nice to get the dragon out of the way, we've only got so much of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It certainly would have been a boon, but I, I don't know what else we can use on the Sunforge, as you're, as you're saying. This is really our only hope to deaden that blast, so too much of a risk to... Unless there's some other way to heal the dragon, but I believe it's just this according to Vaka. Actually, Andrew, I do want you to roll a test. Okay. Speak, like, thinking of Vaka and because you're, like, attuned with animals and things like that, mm -hmm. I want you to roll, like, something to figure something out, like an investigation mm -hmm. kind of thing. Okay. I mean, I feel like I'm a broken record, but does intellect and truth make sense again? I think so. Yeah, and do you have any like assets to do with like animals or healing that might help? I only have a special effect for the furry friends thing. I don't believe I have any 
Except for my occasionally loyal kookaburro who has been following us around. <laughs> I don't think that my bond with my kookaburro is going to uh, help me with this, though. Okay, that's but fine. But <laughs> maybe, maybe my... Maybe my curious wanderer, because I meet lots of animals on my travels. Like, maybe I've run into a similar situation before. Kind of a stretch. No, uh, I think it'll count, and I'll tell you why after you roll. Okay, so roll curious wanderer plus the two stats. Can I lend him a uh, a special effect? (laughs) I guarantee he's going to succeed because I rolled really bad. Okay, cool. (laughs) At least I hope. <laughs> All right, I got a ten, and my effect die is a d10. Okay, I only rolled a five. <laughs> All right, cool. So I think as you're thinking about vodka and the serum and things like that, you start to wonder if vodka was being honest about needing all of the serum. You think maybe she's just being protective of the serum, and that it might be possible to use this. Use at least some of it. That's your intuition. You're not sure. Like, your, your gut feeling is maybe maybe she's being overprotective of it. Um, I think that we're all sitting here talking and then Tolith just kind of like goes a little stone-faced. Haha, for a second. And then he just looks at the other two and he just says, You know, I just, I'm, I'm thinking about this whole situation and I'm wondering if maybe Vaka's been too close to this she's been thinking too hard on this for so long being here you know in the thick of things i'm wondering if she's assuming that it's all gonna have to be used on the sunforge maybe she is just a little bit too worried or overprotective about how far this serum will go maybe it wouldn't hurt us to try just a little bit a little bit you know went a long way on some of those creatures maybe it's worth it to test it's a gamble. It is a big Maybe we get gamble. a drop on the dragon and see what it does? Potentially, yes. Right. It'll make our job easier. Well, you know who's going to have to get the drop on the dragon. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Kefira just, like, gives a big sigh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Oh. All right. All right. Oh. <laughs>